2: Ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lefko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lefko and Chris
0: Sims. <laughs> Episode 36 of the Sims and Lefko Podcast. This is Chris Sims. I am Adam Lefko. Let's, okay,
1: 36. Who do you got? You know, I did not even thought about it. Brian uh, Westbrook's the only one I got. That was
3: a good one. I went back to like my dad's old days, a guy named Mark Haynes, which nobody's did not even know. So oh, I, I thought think. this was
1: going to be such an easy one for you guys. I got to think right, of it. All right, well, what about, that's producer what about Josh. What about it's, Jerome Bettis? Ah, the oh, bus, baby. I thought that, that was going to be both of you. That's that a good one. Right I didn't even think
3: back. about it until right now. But yeah, the bus is the number. I've been number.
0: thinking about it
1: all week. Well, well there you, you go. So Josh was
0: thinking about it. And actually, Gabe... Give that hand, Gabe. Gabe put up the bus too, so apparently we both missed on Jerome. Ah, uh, good. All right, let's show the control really quick. The fellas and ladies that make all this possible. Oh, hello, oh, hello. Big waves. Hi, everybody. Hello, Steynensen. Your head back there. Uh, thirty-six. This 36. is pretty cool.
3: Apparently, he can think of the number thirty-six all week, but he still can't get a
0: hen. Yeah, yes. he's uh, he's on the wrong. He's got se- roosters over there. Yeah, wrong oh, gender of of birds. <laughs> We're going to still add to the collection. We're going to add to it. Yeah. Uh, we sure got a pretty good show on today. It's always good. We are almost at midway through the season, so let's give kind of a, a quick rundown now of what we're going to be talking about today. Of course, we're doing On the Down Low with Steven Nelson because it's an absolute staple. Uh, we are going to be having Michael Felder. He is the kind of guy that when he's in the office, you got to have him on good because energy. he's crazy. Yes. Uh, we're going to break down Greg Hardy and all the stuff that's going on there and also talk about quarterbacks as well as the undefeated teams. And I think that's where I want to start because— Quarterbacks, too, we're talking about? Well, it's an interesting thing. We always talk about quarterbacks facing each other. We'll get right. there in a second. Right. But right now we have the five undefeated teams in the NFL, all of them 6-0. Three of them did not play last week, so the buys. And, and everyone seems, when you see the undefeated teams, you go, well, they're going to keep going. They're the five best teams in the NFL. Right. I don't think all of them are the best teams in the NFL right yeah. now. I think there's a few one-loss teams out there, even some two-loss teams out there. Agreed. They can make a statement that they're better than the undefeated teams. Agreed. And I noticed something. One, we're watching football all the time. We're watching film. You're watching a, a, an insane amount of film. I hear stuff from people, and it usually comes down to when they're doing their survivor pools, oh, right. where they're they're picking teams that they're guaranteed to lose and all that. Right. And this is a part of the year. Just watch our segment. Just watch our segment. Guaranteed to lose. It's great, but this is the time of year where they go, "Oh well, that team six zero, that team's two and four. They're losing." Yeah. Right. There, these teams are not flawless. Right. I actually think that the, un, the, the 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 great teams, the great record, have some serious flaws. So I want to break down the undefeated teams right now and. What could prevent them from making a Super Bowl? Sure. Let's start off with a team where I think we know the flaw is going to be, the 6-0 Denver Broncos. Sure. Right away, their biggest flaw. Yeah, their biggest flaw,
3: of course, is Peyton Manning and, and really probably pass, or pass protection in general. Okay. Not necessarily the players themselves, but the scheme itself in pass protection. But, yeah, Peyton Manning, uh, they are 6-0 despite Peyton Manning's play right now. That doesn't mean they should bench him, yes. but certainly he is the biggest flaw. And one other thing I'd say – just to keep your eye on with the Denver Broncos. Run defense, I do think that's still something now they, when they have to play a truly balanced yes. offense, but they don't have pot roast night uh, And there are some teams that have had success running the ball in the I went
0: bit. through and looked at the statistics of all the undefeated teams. Their defense, undoubtedly the most impressive. Yeah. Fourth against the run, number one against the pass, number yeah. two in scoring. The, the thing that's interesting on the offense, 30th in rushing the football. Right. Broncos, playoffs. They're going to need something, whether it's the run or Peyton, to work. But
3: like we always say, attempts are very important. Attempts, people got to realize that. And they're running the ball. And what's the running the ball doing? It's at least giving them chances to throw one-on-one balls at Demarius mm. Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders up top why they beat the Browns a few weeks ago. The one-on-one Emmanuel Sanders, 80-yard touchdown.
0: Broncos taking on the Packers this weekend. They're 6-0. First thing that jumps to mind, the fatal flaw right now of Green Bay that could prevent them from winning a Super
3: Bowl. Yeah, uh, their offense in general. I think so many people think, oh man, their offense is awesome because of Aaron Rodgers, but that's really the main reason it is awesome. Schematically, as far as creativity in the pass game, uh, extremely simple, and I would say none of those receivers are legit number one receivers. Without Jordy Nelson there, you know, Randall Cobb needs somebody else. He's a slot receiver. He's not a guy you can say, oh, we're going to put him outside against Aqib Tlaib and we trust him to win that matchup all day long. No, that's not what he does. He needs a system. He needs to be moved around a little bit. He's smart on the inside. Their offensive creativity, their offense in
0: general, is a concern. You think it's boring. They were, they're right now, the statistics kind of back it up. 22nd in the league in terms of passing offense. They're the best scoring team in the league. Right. Fifth in points, because number of number 12. points against.
3: Because of number 12. Yeah. I mean, number 12. All you got to do is watch those games. I mean, he dances around in the pocket for seven seconds. The first four seconds, no one's open. He looks up again at six seconds, still no one's open. Then he hops three more times yeah. and throws a rifle down the field. He is covering a lot of holes within their offense right now. I would be concerned, and you heard me say I think they're a team they need to tra- maybe try to find a trade uh, partner to get another top-end receiver.
0: I also think what's scary is them, if, if a team can really come in and pound the rock against the Packers and control the clock and keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. Packers not a great run defense, Right. right. and we've seen a few guys have success, but yeah. they're also a little bit better than people are giving them credit for. Yes. Uh, next team, the Panthers are, I think, the team that everyone doesn't give credit to at all. Right. But I think, boy, they look solid right now. But what's the, the one thing that could prevent the Panthers from making the Super Bowl? Wrong?
3: Well, I, I think, first of all, I guess there's two things that jump off to me right away. If they can't run the ball and win physicality in the they're the, the number one run ball, team in the NFL. Exactly. So if they have to play a stout front seven that basically says, you know, our front seven can handle your run game, and then we could we can devote everybody else to stopping Greg Olsen in the pass, I think that could be an issue. Other thing I would say on their defensive side of the ball – play a lot of zone defense would scare me against the top-end quarterbacks in football because they're going to make the right decisions within that zone defense gotcha. and, and solely play pick a lot you apart. If you can remember like Tom Brady when they went to Carolina, was that last year with the controversial play, right? Uh Tom Brady last year had a great day on a Monday night game against the Carolina Panthers. Maybe it was two years ago. I might be wrong. But nonetheless, a lot of zones, and he just slowly picked yeah. it apart. That's what would scare me about the Their
0: wins, I'm not going to remember all of them right now, but it was Blake Bortles, Luke McCown, Ryan Mallett, Sam Bradford, right. Russell Wilson. Yes. They haven't really faced the great throwers of the football. Definitely. Um, but, man, Kawan Short and those guys, they're looking good. They're them, looking good. Yeah, Thomas all Davis. Right, now to Keekly. the two teams that – can I guess Bengals-Patriots, you believe, are the two best football teams in yeah. the NFL? Yeah, Bengals, they look. Re- they might have the best depth chart in football. Right. What is their big fatal flaw, and is it simply Andy Dalton? No,
3: it's not simply Andy okay. Dalton. I don't look at him as a flaw. I know that's I gonna, was just giving yeah, you, yeah, you no, that. Yeah, no, I know. I know so then what then, you let's mean. Move, right. Let's not defend Andy yeah, Dalton. Right. What is
0: their big weakness? I,
3: I think the biggest flaw at the end of the day will be creativity within their defensive side of the football. They're pretty simple on that side of the ball. Uh, I do think I worry about, yeah, I, I can pretty much tell you what they're going to do defensively after watching them a few times. Again, I worry about when they have to play some top-tier balanced offenses. Mm. This week will be a big-time test because Big Ben Roethlisberger, if he's starting and playing, yes. you know they got receivers in the pass game. And, of course, they got the best running back in football, too. I think it, this could be a week we, that Cincinnati's defense maybe gets exposed a little bit. They do need to do more. Uh, it is a little concerning to me on that side of the ball. Uh,
0: I also think their competition has been a little bit weak as well right. in terms of the team they've played and when they've played them. And statistically, defensively, 21st against the pass kind of goes what you're saying. A lot of former first-round picks in that secondary, but they also take a lot of chances. They and take chances, they get and
3: they don't play a ton of man-to-man. Even though they got those first-round picks, you go, oh, yeah, Pac-Man, Jones, and yeah. Darquez, and arden and Leon Hall, they must match up people man-to-man. No, they play a system a lot more similar to like what Seattle does, a lot gotcha. of three-deep Press the guy at the line of scrimmage and bail out.
0: It's really funny because now all of our takes have been quarterback related. Broncos, their quarterback. Packers, too much on their quarterback. Panthers and Bengals, what happens when they play a good quarterback? <laughs> yeah, right, and right. I would say, out of all of them, other than Aaron Rodgers, the Patriots. Yes. Now we get to the team that I. I You talk about schematically how you beat somebody. (laughs) I don't know how. This is hard. What is the flaw of the Patriots right now? What can you take advantage of? Yeah,
3: I think the only thing you can really look at is their defense, and and I think you can have your way with their defense. Now, uh, one thing I've always told you guys and Fendrick and all that, you know, Belichick's going to give up yards in certain formations or against certain personnel sets because he's going to be like, you know what, I've seen them go for 70- or 80-yard touchdown plays in this personnel set or this formation. I'll play conservative and if they want the 10-yard completion over there, they can have it. Right. So I do think the secondary is a little issue. We saw that with the Jets. Uh, I do think run defense right now as well, a little bit of an issue. Run defense an issue, I think the biggest reason, because they are trying to protect that secondary a mm. little bit. Keeping two safeties back a lot, trying to just stop the run with the front seven. But what does New England do best? You might move yards. Great. You move the yards. They're yes. are the kings of holding you to a field goal, and then they get the ball back, and they march down and score a touchdown.
0: Statistically, they are 31st in the NFL in run offense. Right. They are number two in pass offense, number one in points per game. So that short area passing game is it's unbelievable. Takes, takes Defensively, nineteenth against the run, eighteenth against the pass, twelfth in scoring. Right. But they're just they're holding on. Their middle the of the road. The Jets kind of showed that they were human, but still they get it done with a guy like Amendola at the end. It's they just do. insane.
3: Yeah, the Jets, I, I think the Jets uh, uh, The Jets are one of the best teams in football. I don't know if people realize that yet. They really are. Top to bottom, truly one of the best teams in football. Most defensive coordinators would give their right arm to have that Jets defensive mm. line, and most defensive coordinators would give their right arm to have that secondary. Uh, and I would say you go to the offensive side of the ball, anybody would take those two receivers in that offensive line with a Chris Ivory. Chris Ivory's healthy in that game. I think the Jets probably win it. Uh, that game was there for the Jets' taking. Yeah. That game went just the way they wanted it. It became one-dimensional, New England having to throw the ball. They didn't care that Brady threw for 350. That was great. Yeah. They had many chances to win that football game. Uh, but, yeah, they are very good. I think one team that's not being mentioned in this. Well, undefeated- I have the four
0: teams that I think are Super Bowl possible. Okay, cool. would be Jets, Cardinals, yeah. uh, Steelers, and Falcons. Yes. Those are the four teams that have losses that I think are still should be in that – they look, they look like they could be making it right.
3: Yeah, uh, they do. I'm not sold on the Falcons yet. I'm okay. really not. Just overall team talent. Pittsburgh has flaws, but Big Ben in that offense, I think, might be able to overcome a lot yes. of it. So I'm with you there. I agree. Arizona, I think if you made me – Arizona and the Jets – I think if you made me rank teams in football, you know, top to bottom, of course, I'd probably put New England and Cincinnati 1-2, and like you said. But then maybe
0: Jets-Cardinals 3-4? and
3: Exactly. Jets-Cardinals 3-4 and with maybe a Carolina at 5. I think they're in there,
0: too. Yeah, because that's the thing is, Packers-Broncos is the big game this weekend. Now, look, Thursday, Dolphins-Patriots is going to be big. Cincinnati-Pittsburgh is big, but we don't know what we're going to get with Ben. Oakland-Jets will have playoff ramifications, but undefeated Broncos, undefeated Packers. Right. Uh, we are about to get so much talk about Peyton versus Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That's going to be the talk. Um, and, and I know that this is actually something that upsets producer Josh a little bit.
1: Yeah, when Adam and I were talking about this this morning, I kind of just said just growing up watching football, the whole quarterback versus quarterback debate, sure. media, right. I, just, I think it's think It's overrated. It's a waste overhyped. Of time right. Because the quarterback doesn't play the quarterback. The right. quarterback plays the defense. So my question that I wanted to ask you was just, do quarterbacks get pumped up to play other quarterbacks? Like, is Aaron Rodgers pumped to go up against Peyton Manning this weekend? That was weekend, my, that was that my question, and he stole all?
3: it. <laughs> well, that's a good job. Uh, I, I, I don't think they're extra pumped up. I do think they're aware and want to outperform the other guy. I do think there is some of that, whether it was Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers last year. Uh, I do think there's some personal – not that they know that, oh, i got to show up Tom Brady, but they want to come out on top and have the better day because uh, they all have the ego and, of course, all want to be the best quarterback in football. So I do think that's part of the conversation. You
0: talked earlier this year about um, Melvin Gordon watching Adrian Peterson on the sideline. Yeah, right. Is there – in these games – Is Aaron Rodgers on the sideline watching Peyton more intently than he would watch another quarterback? Do you think there's a focus there as well?
3: I do. I do think he's paying attention to what Peyton's doing. I think he'll appreciate it as one. I I don't think we could all sit here and go, oh, Aaron Rodgers certainly is not threatened by Peyton Manning anymore as far as being one of the top-rated quarterbacks in football. But I do think he will sit on the sidelines and appreciate some of the things he does. Yes, and if Peyton comes out on fire, you're crazy if Aaron Rodgers over there going to be going, you know, okay, all right. I got to get yeah. my stuff going. Let me sh- let me
0: show the world what I got right Who now. Who was the quarterback that you were on the sideline with going? I want to really have a big day on the same stage as this guy.
3: Yeah, well, I didn't have a, you know, of course I wasn't in too many big-time duels. My career was short-lived as far as being a starting quarterback, but I think uh, in, in my little short time there, 2005, the two guys that jump out to me right away would be Jake Delhomme, Carolina, of course was they very were really good, good yes, back yes. then. And Michael Vick. Those are the two guys I had to play him twice a year. And I'd sit there and go, man, that's Michael Vick. He's the man. Look yeah. at him running around. He's awesome. Let me see if I can do something to maybe impress Michael Vick out here. Because then at the
0: end of the game, right. you're going over there. You're shaking hands. Yes. Your, like exactly right. There's a great
3: appreciation. And, of course, when you have an opponent, you get to see that person on film – All through the year because you're playing common opponents. So, you know, Green Bay playing Denver this week, he's probably seen Peyton against some other defenses he's had a play already a few times and go, oh, he's doing this good. He's doing, oh, wow, he's amazing at this. Look at that. Right, right. So, that does get the competitive juices flowing. It is really
0: funny. There's always the eternal debate. It's a very big internet topic about quarterback wins and how it's not really a statistic. Right. The reason I understand the hype between Peyton and Aaron is that. They, those two have won a combined five of the last seven NFL MVPs. Yeah. So when you think about the best player in the NFL, it's right. been these guys five of the last seven right. times. Aaron Rodgers is 1-0 and against Peyton Manning. Right. But if you really go back, it was Aaron Rodgers' seventh start, and in the game he threw one interception, but Peyton Manning threw two pick sixes. So ah. Aaron Rodgers didn't win that game. Right. Peyton actually lost that game. Sure. Aaron Rodgers is 1-0 and against Peyton, 1-0 and against Brady, 1-1 against Big Ben, 2-2 against Breeze, 2-2 against Eli. Yeah. Do you, do you as a quarterback look at your wins against another quarterback? Because quarterback wins is a very, like, trendy topic on Twitter about how it's not, it doesn't I know. mean it's, anything. It's
3: stupid. I don't think quarterbacks really look at their win total and go, oh, I win. I mean, Michael Vick got a win uh, a few weeks ago against, who, who was that, when Landry Jones Arizona. came in Arizona. Michael Vick got the win. He started the game. Right. He gets the win, even though Landry Jones did all the good things to make them win. Uh, yeah, I do think all that's a little overhyped, overrated. Uh, I mean – Listen, Aaron Rodgers is better than Russell Wilson seven days of the week, but he's got a losing record against them because Aaron Rodgers has got to play the Seattle defense, and right. Russell Wilson just has to deal with Green Bay. That's not fair.
0: It is funny, though. It, it, look, it's always about the quarterback. Um, I went through history, and I tried to think of the best quarterback rivalries that were going yeah, on. Yeah, sure. Tell me if I'm hitting these All right. I like this. Uh, 60s, Unitas star. Okay. I would say it was the big one. Right. Uh, 70s, Bradshaw-Stalbach. I would say kind of dominated that. Sure, or Bradshaw, you know,
3: uh, what's his name? Uh, Ken Stabler. Ken Stabler right. was big. Yep.
0: Uh, 80s is interesting. Um, the one that I think was extremely one-sided was Elway Kozar. Sure. Um, let me skip that because I, I want to ask the question about your dad. But the 90s, I feel like you also had Marino Kelly, Marino Montana, Young Aikman, and then I would say for the last 15, 20 years it's been Brady, Manning, and there hasn't been one. Sure. Who was the Phil Sims? Big rival back then.
3: Oh, I think it was Joe Montana. I I, I think Joe Montana would tell you the same, really. That was Joe Montana's biggest one. Well, I just think the Giants and 49ers in the 80s there played so many meaningful big-time games against each other. And, of course, yeah, my dad didn't have Jerry Rice and John Taylor, and they weren't, you know, the most explosive offense in football. Uh, But nonetheless, yeah, I think that would be... Uh, the matchup I would think about a lot in the '80s. there was
0: also Parcells and Lawrence Taylor versus Montana. Certainly, yes. It, I mean, that is. Right. If you think about it, the Bill Wall, Bill Walsh offense versus the Parcells, really Lawrence Taylor, the first true blitzing outside linebacker. That was such a class, a clash of NFL ideologies. Definitely. I mean, that's the reason the book Blindside was written. Sure.
3: And, and what I don't think people realize, too, about those 49er football teams. Like, their defense was, like, the best in football. That's yeah. what people overlook. They always think it's Montana and Rice. Right. No, that defense was out of this world. Ronnie Lott, Charles Haley. Yes. I mean, they were stacked. My dad would tell you it would be one of the best defenses so he ever had. So, when played. your
0: dad would get ready to take on Montana, how were you as an 11-year-old, 12-year-old? Oh, were man. You, were you talking, like, man, beat Joe? Like, oh,
3: I, yes, I hated the 49ers you know, like that <laughs> I really did growing up I just they drove me crazy I I, I you know I think at the end of the day I could realize that you know my dad might have won another Super Bowl or two if it isn't mm. for Joe Montana and Bill Walsh and Josh, company they were, good. They were phenomenal uh, so yeah what's funny is you go through the 80s quarterback rivalries I think Marino Elway of course is one of the big ones up mm. there uh but some of the Super Bowl winning teams you know my dad Phil Sims with the Giants, great. That's not recognized as a great passing offense. Washington was Washington more had John different Ringgans quarterbacks and the every year. Yes. right? It was Theismann, it was Rippon, it was Doug Williams. So yeah. You couldn't really pin it on there. Uh, 90s, I
0: look at Aikman and Steve Young. Aikman I think and Young for me is the, was really phenomenal. That was the boom of the Super Bowls and the yes. coolness. But really, if you look at those teams too, I mean, Deion Sanders was on both of those Definitely. Super Bowl I winners. I mean,
3: Favre Aikman, you could say that too was a little bit. Through Favre there. Aikman was awesome There's pretty good games there, yes. Um, what's your favorite? Uh, Favorite quarterback rivalry of mm, all time. uh, That's a really good one. Uh, Favorite quarterback rivalry of all time. I'm trying to think if there's anything. Because I'm going to say this.
0: The Peyton Manning-Tom Brady one I feel like has been the longest lived. Right. But I've always felt it was more of a Manning-Belichick rivalry than a Manning-Brady. And then also those Colts defense for a long time stunk. Yes. Like it was very one-sided in terms of where the talent was consumed. But in terms of the one that you look at and go, I would like to hear those two quarterbacks sitting – Drinking a beer now, talking about what it was like. Who yeah, they... I think
1: it's
3: it, it's either it's either Peyton and Tom, or to, to me, I think the the next one in line would probably be the Aikman and Favre, the mid 90s mm. teams, because uh, that Dallas Cowboys team to start the 90s, you know, 92 through 95, I think is maybe one of the best teams in the history of football. I yes. mean, to win three at a four. But then that was also the time, 95, is when Green Bay kind of jumped on the scene and was mm. like, oh, we're we're in the NFC Championship. We got a pretty good quarterback He just won the MVP, about to win three in a row. Reggie uh, White. Yeah, exactly right. There was a lot of talented players involved in the Leroy rivalry as Butler. well. Exactly right, yeah. Oh. So I think that would be one I would certainly want to know about a little bit, yeah.
0: Um, one quarterback that I, I think doesn't get any credit, and I hope you're all realizing right now how good he is, Tony Romo, Romo'ski. You look at Dallas right now; they are a shell of what they are. Yes. And you see what happens when you put in a Whedon or a Matt Castle. And I laugh at the people that thought Castle was going to come in there and be the Matt Castle from the 11 and 5 Patriots. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, people have still not moved on from that. It's <laughs> It's the same thing as Ryan Fitzpatrick is a good ball manager because he went to Harvard. Meanwhile, the dude turns it over right, all the time. Right. Right. But w- what happens is Romo's gone, and they're looking for leaders. And instead, what they found was another sideline altercation, which Dallas has become right. known for right now, and what's interesting is the um, America's dilemma with Greg Hardy. I think it's still coming to grip grips grips with how they're supposed to talk about this right, right now. Right, and I, I Josh came up to me and made a point about what he saw, the way Hardy acted on the sideline with your guy. yeah, And I, I think Versace. it's a fair point how most fans look at Greg Hardy. Josh, what were you saying?
1: Well, I think that I, basically what I said was that fans, and I think I said this to you earlier, was that fans see football players going crazy on the sidelines, right? and that's just football. Right? Football players get angry and they go nuts during games. right? But when I watch Greg Hardy and I think back to everything that I read about what happened in North Carolina, yeah. I see his anger and I'm thinking of that. So right. I feel like. There's his, a twinkle in his eye. Yeah, I feel like his right. anger comes from a much darker place. Well, than let's also say this. To your big point here, Josh, you're saying
0: that when you see Greg Hardy freak out on the sideline and smack something. Let's be honest. You're imagining a woman there. Yeah. Like, yes. That's what you are. like, let's not sugarcoat this nonsense. Right. That's the issue. And then you're thinking that huge person attacked a woman. Like that is really scary stuff. I agree.
3: It's like your old favorite movie, Ace Ventura. We're in Psychoville and Greg Hardy's the mayor. Uh, yeah. Yes, Was well, that a line I, in Ace Ventura? I, I think it is one Did of those. Did you them, look yes. that
0: up just for this? No, I'm oh, just oh, man. full of useless but information. That, but that's the issue. And I, but I think the reason <laughs> we have a hard time with this whole thing is Greg Hardy. I think, look. We applaud people being energetic and crazy Emotional. and being a quarterback killer, but then we condemn them when it's too much and it's bleeded onto the, the, the few minutes they're not playing. Go crazy, go crazy, go crazy. You're on the Turn sideline. Off, people lie. You're on the sideline. Yeah. I also think it's interesting because we, are, we applaud teams for not being impacted by the outside media, but then we condemn them for not seeing the bigger picture. Right. Talk to a football player and realize that they truly believe we we are against everyone else. We are one play at a time. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Nothing will phase us. Yes. And then it goes come on, can't you see that Like, this is not a good message for kids? It's like, (laughs) we're not thinking about kids. So I think the media, to me, has a huge issue right now in knowing how to speak about these things. would agree. And now we're having, because of Greg Hardy's off-the-field issues, a third party which is going, forget the way we talk about energy, but also about human beings. Right. And I think there's a huge issue right now that I don't think the Cowboys know how to handle it, but this is also something that they've kind of... Supported well. This is kind of this
3: is their signing. This is the Jones. They wanted Greg Hardy. Period. So that was the. They were the ones that made it happen. They're talking
0: about wanting an extension. Yeah. Well, I love that
3: about the Jones. They're a little bit like you know the hell with all you people in the media. We'll do what we want. We'll run the team the way we want to run it. But uh, there's a few things that jump out to me about the whole situation. First being. Uh, if there's a coach that can handle a little emotional intensity, it's Rich Basaccia. You met him when we went to yes, Dallas Cowboys training camp. He's a guy. He actually loves the, the emotional type of player. Uh, have you ever seen
0: a player smack a coach's I, I, stuff like I that? I can't say I have,
3: but I mean, I've seen players be yell and disrespectful Would that to upset coaches. you if you saw that? Uh, yeah, it's not my favorite thing, but also I understand that some coaches and players have certain relationships, Masachi too. Masachi is an
0: energetic guy. And he, he will not back down from many people. I don't people. think it was smart as they're getting ready to take a kickoff to yell at the special teams as they're trying mm, to exactly. get ready for that's the play. Exactly, that's what
3: he was mad at. He's just right. trying to get them out of there because he wants to convey some coaching points before hey, they run look, out. look,
0: Greg Hardy, we're taking it one play at a time. Hey, exactly. Exactly. That play's over. Move on to the next play. But, but I, we have an identity issue But right the now. big
3: thing is in Dallas, they've always kind of uh, condoned that off-on-the-sideline att- attitude. Uh, we've seen it with Des Bryant. Yes. Uh, they love Des Bryant. So they're not ones – they let their star's personality uh, kind of come to the top. Uh, so I do think there's that part of it. But he is toting a very t- fine line. The crazy thing about Greg Hardy is – He's one of the five best defensive linemen in football, yes. even despite missing the first four games. Yes. It's unreal. Uh, but he is toting the line of coming under some tremendous scrutiny if he doesn't handle himself better in the outside situations. I know he was trying to be funny with the Giselle comments and trying to be funny with the guns a-blazing. Yeah. But those are the things that are going to get you know, America and people that don't really understand the game all frenzied and because he came they with see. about
0: nine no comments after the game discussing it exactly. so thank you very right. much appreciate you I, I also want to say this before we bring in Felder because I think this is a great point that you make the double standard of coaches and players thank you there was keep in mind Greg Hardy okay There was the firing of Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions, and the promotion of quarterbacks coach Jim Bob Cooter to the position. Many people in the media decide to focus on the hilarity of his name. Right. One, it's Jim Bob. Two, it's Cooter. Together, it's hilarious. I get it. (laughs) But there's a track record to Jim Bob Cooter that no one's talking about. Fendrick, did you do the research?
1: Yes, I did. So he has not had any problems since he became an NFL coach. Uh, He was arrested twice while he was at Tennessee. So the first time was in 2006. Tennessee University
0: or Titans? Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee University. Tennessee University, like, all
1: right. Yeah. Uh, so the first time was in 2006 when he was arrested and charged with DUI. And then the second time was in 2009 uh, when he was, uh, it was aggravated burglary after he, and this is a quote from CBSSports.com, climbed, climbed into a the window, window right. stripped down to his underwear, and got into bed with a woman. Whoa. So that was the quote. But see, that's never talked about.
0: Because that's a coach. Right. And we hold these players to a higher standard. And I think this is your pulpit because you have always said that the coaches out there are doing a lot of worse stuff, but we're holding a microscope on the players. To me, that's gross. That's disgusting.
3: Right. I agree. I I don't understand it. Players are held to a different standard. And quite honestly, yeah, I I do think there's some racism involved there. I really do. Uh, Yes, he's a white coach and Greg Hardy's a black player. But, yeah, for whatever reason, hey – Jim Bob Cooter, we're, we're, this is the golden age of off-the-field conduct in the NFL. I mean, nothing dominates the headlines more on a weekly basis. And here we are going to take a guy who's never called plays. We're going to promote him and make him the offensive coordinator, even though he's had off-the-field issues. I do. I It uh, drives me a little crazy sometimes when things like that go into the radar. And, yeah, we're going to micromanage. Micro manage every little thing that goes on the sideline in an emotional football game. Here's what I'm going to
0: say do not make this a discussion in which we are comparing what Greg Hardy did and what Jim Crowder did. Because look, they're both wrong. This is not a, ooh, that was worse than whatever. Wrong is wrong. Mm -hmm. The issue is that it's not even being discussed yet. Right now, Greg Hardy could breathe on an offensive lineman, and it's going to turn into 17 different rants on ESPN, and it's going to be different rants all over the place. And we're going to be talking about it. Just uh, my, my thing is, is none of them are right, and none of them are wrong. Right. But talk about it because coaches are getting away with a lot of stuff. I'm still upset the way the Jim Irsay thing was handled. Jim Irsay hasn't had to answer questions to anybody, but Greg Hardy's issuing no comments, and we're going, this is disrespectful, this is crazy. Um, I I will say this, Felder's about to come in, so I'm going to want to calm down a little bit. Uh, (laughs) Fedrick, should we do Ballers of the Week now, or should we wait? Do it now. We're going to do Ballers of the Week now. (sighs)
3: That's all right. It's crazy. Good stuff. No,
0: that was your point.
3: Well, I understand, but I'm glad we got it out there. Get it out there. Because it needs to be out there, Uh, and it it is frustrating.
0: My ballers of the week, let's do the players first. I love it. Sounds like born in a small town. Uh, Offensive line of the week, I'm going to go with Rob Havenstein. Offensive tackle for the St. Louis Rams. This is an offensive line that is paving the way for Gurley. I know it's the the Browns. I know their 30-second and run defense. Yours are going to be here. Okay. But uh, <laughs> Havenstein is a guy that I thought was thrown into a situation as a rookie. They lost Barksdale, and right. I thought he's actually had a pretty good year. My defensive lineman of the, of the week, uh, Rob Ninkovich, is a the, the, one of those ballers that is never talked about yes, with all those never. guys in the Patriots. Right. I saw him single-handedly swat four balls of Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's just a guy that he's always around the ball. He's a, he's a really good player. Yeah. We could give it to all the ballers on the Patriots because they're so good. I mean, Hightower destroyed. uh, him a few times, but those are my ballers of the week. Yeah,
3: I like them. Uh, uh, My my offensive line baller of the week is Donovan Smith, left tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: Deep in the well there.
3: Been very very impressive, and impressive against the Washington Redskins, especially this past week. Them running the ball, a lot of it was uh, behind him on the left edge, so that was impressive. Uh, But nonetheless, being a rookie left tackle in the NFL, and a guy that Uh, I did not think he could make that transition that quickly. When I watched him coming out, I said, oh, man, he's got some technical issues. I think it'll take a little bit while. My defensive lineman, ball of the week, uh,
0: Calais Campbell, we talked about him this morning. Oh, my gosh.
3: Another guy that just goes under the radar out there in Arizona. He's doing the
0: Michael Bennett and tackle, nose tackle, shade, and he's been doing it for a long time, and he's one of the best in the league. i I got to
3: say, like, so I never – I, of course, knew Calais Campbell was really good. Don't get me wrong. But it's 2010. I'm in training camp with the Tennessee Titans. And we're gonna practice against the Arizona Cardinals. And Calais Campbell was one of those guys that when we ran onto the practice field for the first time and I saw him, I said, Holy fucking is he big. Have you seen the size of him? Calais Campbell, no wonder he's awesome. He's a double curse word. He is a double he's curse six word. Eight, right. He is a giant <laughs> You're of a man. Stuff. I know. I, Fendrick's not at his desk, so he can't type it in. Right now. But, yes, he is one of those guys that when you walk into the field, even in the NFL field, you go, he
0: is a man amongst
3: the ultimate of men. Yes.
0: Uh, Let's do OCs and DCs real quick. My OC of the week, look. There's a reason why Bill Belichick never wins coach of the year and Phil Jackson doesn't win coach of the year. (laughs) We don't give credits to the best that do it. Best OC in the league right now is Josh McDaniels. And the game plan that they did against a great Jets defense neutralized the defensive line. They have a passing offense that's unstoppable. He's the best OC in the league. And I just thought that you win the biggest game with Tom Brady throwing to Danny Amendola there at the end and getting that play where you get Gronk on a quick fake block. Oh, smart. DC of the week. I'm going... Lou and Arumo, but it's really Dan Campbell for the Miami Dolphins, finally looking at them and going, you're not going to do two-gap. Attack, attack, attack. Crazy that Cameron Wake has yeah. six sacks in two games, and Dominican Sue looks like the greatest thing ever, and it's about time he's back there. Yeah, it's I know awesome. you I forgot. I got him, I got him. I, got okay. him. Yep,
3: I remember him this time. Uh, my OC of the week, Bill Musgrave, Oakland Raiders. How can you not give him some praise for the way they shredded the uh, San Diego Chargers defense.
0: Getting Amari Cooper open. A-
3: and especially, you know, I- coming off a of bye week, uh, am I right? They're they yes. coming off a of bye week. That's not always easy. You heard me talk about it. Sometimes you can get a little static and stale in yes. a bye week. But yeah, the ability to throw the ball down the field with Derek Carr, some of the screen games that we saw with Amari Cooper, the long touchdown, even Crabtree later in the game, Uh, and then the power running game coming along. Musgrave, I give him a lot of credit. My DC of the week is actually a losing defensive coordinator, but my old coach, Rod Marinelli, Mm. defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, that defense played phenomenal. I mean, people got to remember that was a kick return touchdown and a pick six for the Giants. Right, those Uh, were
0: not Cowboys defense problems. Yes,
3: it was not Cowboys defensive problems. That front four Playing really good, and you know what? Their secondary, Morris Claiborne, starting to jump out of me, and I love the rookie Byron Jones, uh, who we made a video about a and few weeks ago. And my
0: favorite part of that game was Odell Beckham Jr. getting an earful from Brandon Carr. Because you know that Brandon Carr has been hearing about that catch for oh, a long time. Oh, he's so sick of you it. You know what I always hear about? When Michael Felder's in the building. Everybody's got to talk about Felder. And Felder's getting his own entrance music. And it feels so good. Look at him. This is DB swag right How here. You How, man? How, How you doing, man? How you doing, they, they
3: make you wear a collared shirt? We couldn't get one of your famous t-shirts on? See? I, listen, I, I
0: complained about it, too, man. You don't
3: mess with Woody.
2: If they knew Woody, she tells me she tells me what to wear. I put it on. Do they? The
0: people? Do they know what Woody is? Our makeup artist. We slash... gotta get her on here. Sometime. Yeah, we gotta
3: bring Woody. She dresses us, uh, but you don't mess with the Woodster. She take, will... take
0: this two shot right now, <laughs> or take my one shot because I want to give the official entrance for Michael Felder. This is a man who has energy, who has swag, who can see football and understand football. There's not a lot of those guys out there, but more importantly, he is a person. He is a legend. That is transitioning to watching the nfl game and i think that he has learned a lot and i (laughs) i am so excited to hear from felder you've been watching the nfl what has it
2: taught you about college football it's hard to watch man (laughs) college football i'll tell you what you spend all day sunday watching pros play right then on monday you got to go watch games that you missed oh my gosh yeah what what do you see now in college football (laughs) Uh, they're slow. And yeah. There's a lot of not great quarterbacks. Yes. Right. That's probably the number one thing. I mean, just like I'm going through and I'm picking out like throws from Connor Cook. Right. And I'm looking at like six throws out of his throws in the game. Right. Yes. I'm like these are really good throws yeah, for him. Right. And then I turn on the NFL and I'm like. You watch Tom Brady make like 40 he makes of those throws. All of those. Right. Every one of those throws <laughs> is one of those. These are really good throws. Right. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. And then just bust, assignment busts. Yes. All, all there, I mean, there's literally on a drive, there's three, four assignment busts on almost every single drive in college. Right. And in the NFL, that, it, they have coverage busts sometimes, or they have missed assignments or yeah. missed alignments, but not. That if you have glaring. three or four in a drive in the NFL, you don't have a job the next week. Right, <laughs> right. Um, so, this is so right now, you, Nelson, Matt Miller
0: are doing the draft show. Yeah. It's going to be coming out soon on Bleach Report. Super excited about it. I think there is a hole in the marketplace right now for NFL draft coverage. People care about it all year round. This is going to give it to them. Yeah. We're obviously going to have Miller on closer to the draft as well. But big name college players that NFL fans should really keep an eye out for right now. Who, who are the guaranteed top 10 possible locks?
2: Joey Bosa, Ohio okay. State right. defensive end. Monster, I want him in a 4-3 as a defensive end. Yeah, sure. Uh, Robert Kimdichie, mm. defensive tackle at Ole Miss, I want him as a 3-4 defensive end. Right. I think he can really squeeze the edge and have impact. Well, we see J.J. Watt as a guy that does that. I would impact. think
3: Bosu could be a 3-4 defensive he end could, too, right? But he's I mean, so.
2: but he's, here's the thing. What's he weigh? Like he's, what's he, he's what's he roughly two seventy five. Is he's it? Right. But he could fly. Yeah,
0: he yeah. can so fly. I want him to come off. The I edge want him come those two on both, both edge. just from like the eye test look very position versatile in terms yeah. of like can be moved around. They can move yeah. Move yeah. Yeah. Around. The scheme and probably gonna be effective. Just yeah. depends stat wise. What scheme. I want
2: both of them a racer package on third and long. Put right. them inside. <laughs> just get after. Give a guard some problems. Um, another guys. Laquan Treadwell. Oh, let's, let's go Ole Miss. So Ole, yeah. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Three Ole Miss. Right. Laramie Tunsil, too, the d- offensive tackle. Okay. Wow. Oh, First yeah, yeah. game right. back. Right. So three right. Ole Miss guys I expect to go in the top ten. Ohio State's got, wow. obviously, Joey Bosa. I think probably top 15, Ezekiel Elliott, will probably get drafted right. as well. Um, moving around the country, I like Connor Cook probably more than other people do. Okay. But I think he's really good. Christian Hackenberg is another one. Yeah. Jared Goff, everybody talks about him yeah i'm not, yeah, I'm not sure about golf or All right, so let's let's uh, have this I discussion about really. that lot of college football let me, let me yet, set this yeah.
0: up there it, it happens every year the yeah. um, it is impossible in my mind to now win the heisman or Sometimes stuff, unless you're Jameis Winston, be the first quarterback taken when you've been billed as that for a long time. Yeah. And we always see these guys kind of come up through like the unexpected channels and they become the guy. Jared Goff is the NFL draft number one quarterback right now. I see more tweets about this kid every weekend. Yeah. I see more gifs of this kid every weekend of him making throws, and some of them are very impressive. But I think we have two of like the I'm not sure about Jared yeah. Goff. Yeah, right.
2: Uh, let me hear from your perspective, what do you question about Jared Goff? I just I mean I think he's good in college. I just This don't is California, know that, by the way. I, yeah, cool Cal. It. I just don't. I don't. I watch him and I'm like, eh, he doesn't, he doesn't move my meter. Christian Hackenberg does because at least I can see that arm and I'm like, I wow. I understand that, right? I'm like, wow, at least there's something I can work there's with. There's something there. elite there? Yeah, right. With golf, good arm, but not. It's not a super. It's not eye popping, He's yes. not super athletic in terms of moving. I know people keep talking about he can move around. He's. This guy is not. He's. He's not as athletic as like Andrew Luck. He's mm-hmm. not as athletic obviously as Cam Newton. He's not mm-hmm. as athletic as Guys that we call good. A- he's not as athletic as Marcus Mariota. That's right. what
0: I was going to go. He's to not
2: that. as athletic as him. And so for me he's pretty good arm, pretty good accuracy. He's got some okay traits, but I'm not so I'm not in love with him. Okay, so the question there on the screen is, can he play at the next level? I think you guys both
0: think he could be an NFL quarterback. Yes, yes. definitely. The question is, s- can he be that top ten number one lock guy? Right. My question for you as a quarterback, what do you see that you like? And what do you see that you go, ooh, I don't know if I'd build a franchise around
3: him? Yeah, no, I, I do like the body. I do like the motion of throwing the football. But the the actual ball coming out of his hand does not pop to me. I don't yeah. go, oh, wow, that's special right there, mm. the ball coming out of his hand. Look at him drive that 20-yard seam down the middle of the field. Uh, I don't see a lot of that that has impressed me yet. Um, I I do like some of the athletic ability, certainly. I don't know how much he weighs. That would be a little (laughs) concern. He looks like he's about 205 pounds. Yeah. Uh, Maybe he's more than that. Uh, But then, you know, Connor Cook, I'm with him. I do like Connor Cook, but not sold that he's a first-round talent either yet. I'm really not. And I, I haven't watched as much as he has. Uh, you like the Memphis quarterback. I
2: do like the yeah. Memphis quarterback. That's a and good canvas to paint on. I haven't seen him. What's I his haven't name? seen him much. Paxton
0: Lynch. Pa- 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 Paxton Lynch. Paxton but Lynch. I watched him against Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Right. And you see those 30 yard drives yeah. that are like, really serious. So you think that there's a lot of potential. Well,
3: there. before the Ole Miss game, uh, what did I say to you that well, week? You were all over looking at his I know. Game. I hadn't seen him yet. I just said, man. Some of the highlights I saw of this kid caught my eye. I go, I'm going to be interested to see this kid against Ole Miss. Yeah. I said, let's all watch it. I yeah. didn't really watch. It was a Saturday. He was ridiculous. I was with my kids, and you guys were sending me texts going, hey, that Memphis <laughs> yeah. QB What's you about. What's your take?
2: About? I mean, is he on the right path here? No, yeah. yeah. no, absolutely. This is a guy yeah. that's got some of those traits. He right. can't push the ball. He's I mean, he's six. Foot six. He looks yeah. like a
3: better version of a Ryan Mallet to I me. Mean, that's
0: what yeah. I Yeah, more athletic. Certainly more athletic. athletic. Right? Certainly more yeah. athletic and a, than Mallet. Certainly quicker, a better head on his shoulders release. as well. I mean – Right. What a buffoon. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. All right, give us a little Ryan Mallett rant. Well,
3: hey, I mean Ryan Mallet, I don't know you know, I'm not sure he'll be in the NFL after this, really, because he already had the image of being the knucklehead and there was off the field concerns and whether he could truly attack the game as a professional. You you're on national T V HBO and you get named the second string quarterback and you don't show up and you blame it on your alarm. Okay, fine, it was the alarm. Don't really care. You're a backup quarterback in the NFL. No one cares about that. Bullcrap excuse. And then to miss the team flight, I don't even know. How hard is that to do? Impossible. I I don't even know. Between text, phone calls. What else do you have to do? Just stay at the facility. (laughs) It's Saturday before the game. You stay at the facility. You get dressed at the facility and you get in a car and drive to the airport. Why you would be cutting it close, I don't know. But especially as a quarterback, especially with a guy like Bill O'Brien, yeah. who you know runs a pretty tight ship, and he especially expects his quarterback to be that way. Yeah, I really will. I'll be I'll be surprised to see if Ryan Malik gets picked up.
2: I mean, wasn't that the knock on him in college too? The, yes, the knock. Yeah, the, he was sort of just not. Not all there. I'm trying right. to find the the best way to say yeah. It. yeah. obviously there were the rumors about some of the off the field antics. Right. Um yeah. he, what did he miss? He missed a meeting with the team, I think. Something like that, yeah. But it's one of those things where you gotta do all you gotta take all the steps to be a pro. Yes. And Part of those steps are showing up. I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's the first step. Right. I know. <laughs> it's showing up. Yeah. And if you're not going to show up, they can't count on you. They can't count on you. You can't play. Uh, right.
0: You live in Carolina. Carolina's going to have uh, the big game North this Carolina. week. North Carolina. excuse me. Uh, it's going to be <laughs> Luck versus Cam Newton, which I'd say two of the best yeah. big-time quarterback blue chippers in the last few years. Forget eligible. <laughs> Who's the quarterback in college that people are going to want the first pick in the next few years? Is there the next great quarterback? Hmm. Mm. Man, because ah. I thought you were going to say Josh Rosen. Ro-
3: oh. Yeah,
2: probably him. Rosen I, was better than
3: uh, I didn't see much of that better game. Better than golf. Rosen's better than golf. I will say that he, he was better. the more impressive player on so the Josh field. So Josh Rosen is next.
0: Josh was, Rosen.
3: Yes. Rosen, the two most impressive college football throwers I've seen this year are Josh Rosen and Malik Zaire. Malik really?
2: Zaire. He can spin it. Can yeah. really I let, let it go. Su- saw him this summer in Oregon. I was in. He could drive the football. He down would be the field.
3: going to the Heisman dinner if he does not get hurt against Virginia. Really? I think. I think what he's that special. What do we need to know about
2: Josh Rosen? Uh, Rosen, the, the Rosen one, man. Uh, this is a kid. <laughs> he was groomed for it, man. Like since, basically since birth, groomed for this spot, groomed for being a starting quarterback. He already sent one quarterback packing at UCLA. Asante right. Woolard said after spring, I'm, I'm out. I'm. This is going to be him. And that is telling. And he transferred to USF. And so he came in and he went out and got the job done. I mean, he's had some stumbles. Obviously, a couple games where through, some, through, through three interceptions, I think it was against BYU. Yeah, right. Um, but he's a guy. He can push the ball down the field. He's, he's all over his footwork. Oh, It's one of those things that he can get done. His footwork has been exceptional since he was a high school freshman or he high is. school cuz I,
3: I got to do one of those high yeah. school videos. I think you remember
2: that. But yeah, yeah he's impressive. The kid he is. is. He's well-schooled. And he really is. I am going to say... He's a better athlete than people give him credit for. Mm. If you go back and watch some of his stuff from high school, I, saw, I remember he can he'll, keep the ball on the pull read it on option the and the read and run. Get, get out the gate on really? you. So, I, obviously, they can't afford to have him be hurt. Yes, so they're not doing mm-hmm. take putting him at risk as often. Right. But I believe if they actually had another viable backup quarterback, they weren't worried that this is it, it's over, mm. then we may see him do some more of those zone rebounds. Yeah, refails. they got to be careful with him because yeah.
3: he has the potential to be the number one pick in the draft. And yep. I think that that can really – Jim Mora, they got That's everything going the right way. You get the number one pick in the draft, the quarterback position. Now every player in the country starts to go, man, UCLA, Jim Mora, they're on, a, they're yeah. on the rise. That will even right. bring more attention.
0: You know what? When you, when you think about future and potential and number one picks, you know where my mind goes immediately. Chris Sims. Nope. Oh, Michael Stephen Hunter. Nelson. Ah, damn.
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: Not that guy.
4: In what draft would I be the, the number you, one the pick? The
0: potential of this young man. <laughs> I've draft. always said it. Steve Nelson, the heart draft. Steve hey, Nelson how you doing? is going to be hey. hosting hey. the Olympics. Wow. No, wow.
3: Uh, Stephen Nelson. He well, he's got <laughs> lots of
0: energy. His girlfriend's
3: in town from Texas this week. Yes. She's in the she's
4: in the, uh, the studio. or the sorry, not the studio, the uh, control room.
3: He's very light on his feet, Josh. Josh, can you sit in your chair? Can we get an ISO on Josh, please? Yeah, let's take the Josh <laughs> ISO. Oh, yeah, hey, Josh, Mother Hen, sit at your freaking
4: seat that you're supposed to sit at. It's <laughs> being on this side of you right now. <laughs> Damn, Grandma
3: Naomi's
0: got to straighten you out. <laughs> Dude, you've said you've mentioned his grandma. I love so Grandma think... Naomi.
3: I don't even know her, but I love her.
0: Oh my gosh!
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, so really had no idea what a podcast was before this started. By the way,
3: I, neither neither did I. <laughs> Here you problems. are, and I'm still freaking doing it.
1: Uh, let me let me say, it, Felder.
0: By the way, so Felder, this is Felder's third time. The third or fourth? I don't know, but I think you've been on the podcast more than any other guy. I think
3: you're a threesome. Yeah,
0: I, I think know. last time last time we actually
2: they made the 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 Rushmore. You guys left me off of it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Felder's been on here like that more was, than one That anybody. was
1: entirely my fault. No one, no one takes the blame you for that. other it. than it. Yeah, I screwed it up. <laughs> you beefed the it. The what, Rushmore? The
3: Mount oh, Rushmore people most on.
4: So it's of Phil Sims. Oh, Ramapo right. High School Athletics. Oh, uh, hey, I'm yeah. not on there. <laughs> Phil
0: Sims, Felder. Peter King's definitely out there now yeah, he's in terms a double, of most guests. Right? And then I think if we're getting. We might be getting Mike Vick next week. Uh, I think he would be on there, too. That's wow. pretty great company for you. Yep. You know, they're lucky you, to be Mike on that Vick list You, Mike Vick,
2: and there. Phil Simms. <laughs> <laughs> what what a weird brother. <laughs> you and
3: Phil could definitely out-eat Michael Vick. I know that. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs>
2: what are you saying? Are I've, been whoa, a... whoa. I've been dropping some LBs. You have, definitely. I've been dropping some LBs. Definitely. I get I on the Versa- How many are we down? I get on the 20. 20 pounds? 20 LBs awesome. this summer. Props to you, yeah! yeah way probably. to go! I get on that vertical. When Climber you get put person. on weight, I've never
3: seen anything like it. You're a lot like my ex teammate Warren Sapp. For every pound you put on, goes right there. Oh yeah, that's it it's lives. Like, it doesn't go
0: anywhere else. It just, just goes right here. here. I actually so. think that's the best thing that's possible. The best thing. Better to go. than even distribution of fat, but there because then he gets to show it off. Uh, like, yeah, partying yeah. Mike Felder is this. Oh, yeah, absolutely.
4: I'm, yeah. I'm getting weird showing it off. We were talking about it. My favorite picture, I think, since I've been at Bleacher Report, was post-National Signing Day. Yes. You're in it. I am in it. With Hunter Mandel, Brodel, Felder, and then me. I'm looking around. I'll I'll share it one day with the world. And it's
0: just Felder with his shirt Felder
4: up. with his shirt up, an Astros hat, Rubby. belly exposed. It was great.
0: Um, so now you—I don't know if you've been here before for the on the down low.
4: Yeah. No, I have this not. This is when
0: Nelson is takes new. it low, mm. like a jazz little club. Yeah. And he asks us the real hard questions. Oh, like a jazz little club.
4: It's a, a Shut up. in honor of Felder It's a trimmed down version of on the down low ah. today. Uh, only a couple questions, but uh, DJ Are you that Steinmetz weight down in twenty
3: pounds. You're saying trimmed down version. Yeah. Trimmed yeah. down. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The music's pump up. Get it right. Get it tight. Thank
4: you, DJ Steinmetz. Uh <laughs> Let's start off with. Gregory Hardy. Mm. Mm. Of course, a controversial signing for the Dallas Cowboys, defended by owner Jerry Jones. This past Sunday, a sideline outburst with teammates, coaches, shoving matches. Jerry Jones, Jason Garrett, the the podcast Love, said it was leadership, pumping teammates up. I do think there was some of that. I do, though. That being said, Chris, it, it felt like the world was being sold a bill of goods. My question for you two is, recall a time in which you were lied to straight to your life.
0: Lied to straight to your face. I didn't prepare anything this time, so I can't fill the void while you think. Yeah, of something. no, my, this is for you too. When, I, when you feel like you've been blatantly lied yeah. to, do someone's trying one? to pull something.
4: Right. I was I
3: lied to by Kirk Cousins. He told me he just watches HGTV, and he apparently watches the Washington media because he was yelling at them. <laughs> so he lied to me. I'm
1: very personally
3: upset by that this week. Uh, you like that? He liked HGTV. But you like that? That uh, and Al Davis lied to me in my face. Al what? Davis told me he was going to pick me at the end of the first round in 2003. Uh, they had the last two picks of the, dra- the first yeah, round that year because they be
0: awesome. uh,
3: and um, man, a white linebacker from Colorado. Yes, I can't remember his <laughs> <Yes>. name, Cam Lauder. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, yes, so when draft ben day came, Hames, no. I, you know, I can't think of his name either. He was there for a little bit, but
0: nonetheless. Yes, I thought for sure. What did, how did he say it to yeah. you? Because uh, the an Al Davis. Do, yeah, do you
3: know, he. we talked a little, you know, I can't even do it. It's like, <laughs> that was like Bill Belichick. I was there, Chris, oh, I can't even do it. I can't do yeah, it. It was a little, yeah, like, little like that. Uh, the Raiders were the best organization in all of sports. Uh, but he basically told did he me. he talk to
0: you about your dad,
3: too? Uh, not not a whole lot. He actually asked me questions about his team and what he thought I thought of certain players. right which I thought was, like, hilarious. Or, but, but yet, <laughs> I've been at Texas. But, yeah, really smart minds, that's the one thing you'll realize. They're constantly trying to ask questions to gather ideas and see yes. another person's viewpoint. But, yeah, he basically told me uh, that if I was still there at the end of the first round where they had the two picks, that uh, they were going to take me with one of those picks. So, draft day came along, and I was like, man, all right, well, man, the Ravens, I thought they might take me, and there was a few other teams, and... Raiders came along, and I was like, okay. Good to go. And I dad, my dad had kind of warned me a few minutes before. He goes, I don't know if this Raiders thing's going to work out. I'm just letting you know. So, you don't." Well, uh, it didn't work out. And then I went upstairs and locked myself in my bedroom for
0: a little while. Nice. Do you yeah.
2: have one about when you were blatantly lied to? Um, you know what? I'm going to uh, keep it recent. July, in Oregon, Hunter Mandel.
4: Producer of producer college,
2: college football team. Said he was going to get good pizza.
4: Oh no! He did
2: not get good pizza in Oregon. He said, "When you order pizza, what do you get? You get a cheese and a pepperoni, right? That's, Always. that's the staples. Yeah, you got to get those." Felder,
3: you don't order pizza in Oregon. I've never seen an Italian on, person what did there he order? in my life.
2: He got, he got six specialty pizzas, <laughs> not a pepperoni in sight. So we're talking got like it. pineapples, <laughs> mushroom. <laughs> it was like there was a mushroom with like. Peppers pizza, something with Brussels sprouts. Like there was an something artichoke <laughs> and like weird Cause... sweet sausage. Yes. Like it was. Yeah, it's perfect. Just lied, lied to us. I would say us? that is like that is like a man
0: code or like just human code, a which human is code. like. Yeah, you order some generic pizzas. Yes. Yes. But She's Hunter would roadie. overthink it. He's an overthinker. Is yeah. that what you call what he's doing? Yeah, it's probably not thinking at all. <laughs> I'm we... gonna go, I honestly, do you have one?
4: No, I just want you to get a felder face for what you're. Your action was for when Hunter ordered those pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't
0: would have say much. I'm going to go back to. I graduated early from Syracuse, and I'm sending out VHS tapes of my highlight reel <laughs> to all these small markets in the country. And I'm on spring break, and I'm messed up, and I'm getting phone calls hey, would you like to come to Bangor, Maine? We're going to pay you $18,000 to be a news reporter, but don't worry, you don't got to work weekends because nothing's going on here. And I'm like, sounds great. Duluth, Minnesota's calling me up. I eventually get called from Reno, Nevada, and they're going to make me their news reporter slash sports guy. And they're going to pay me $27,000 a year, super pumped. And uh, I get to host like a sports talk show out of a casino. And uh, the guy says, here's the deal. <laughs> Uh, we're waiting for this news reporter's contract to run out. When that's done, I can officially sign you. But until then, you don't take any other jobs, and I won't offer this job to anybody else. And I was like, all right, man, I'm a trustworthy, loyal dude. I got you. We're in this. Get a phone call about a month and a half later. Hi, is this Adam Lefko? Yeah, it is. I'm like online looking at apartments in Reno, Nevada. Right. Oh, well, the news director has been fired, and apparently he's put no paperwork for you at all, so you don't have a job right now? <laughs> and I was like, all right, can I talk to the next news director? Like, whatever. Like, And I uh, talked to him on the phone, he goes, hey, Alex? And I was like, nope. nope. I hung up. I was just like, man, I don't, I don't have a job. Yeah. I don't nope. have a job. Yeah. So Eric Hughesby... News director, I, you, you put me in Hastings, Nebraska for two years because you said you were going to do stuff. It worked out all right. Yeah, I think I'm okay. Yeah, you're okay. better off. Yeah. I mean, Reno ain't that great anyways. Yeah, it's well, he's, he's, I love Hastings Nebraska. We whatever. had to play
3: in John Gruden's playbook. We called him Reno because he wanted to get the hell out of there. That's really? That's what he'd tell the receivers. We're calling this a Reno rag. You ever been to Reno? I don't like <laughs> Reno, so you want to get the hell out of here. <laughs>
0: Biggest little city in the world. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, uh, so let's get some music for the, uh, the old Pick'Em segment.
3: You guys picking Mets or Royals, just, you know, why we're sitting here getting is the music rolling? It is rolling. Mets, Royals.
4: I'm going Royals. Royals? So I picked the Royals to return to the World Series, but now that the Mets are in it, I'm pulling for the Mets.
2: Pulling for the Mets. Yeah. Royals. Royals? They beat the Astros. All right. oh. What are you
0: saying? I'm going to go with the Mets. I mean, I don't want the Mets. I'm being very nice to everyone in this office so and yeah. saying congratulations, I mean, good really, luck. Right. I'm I'm done with it now. Right. I want the Royals to just ticky-tack them to death. It's yeah. going to be great. Oh. And then and then every week, every week, every game. Oh, we're in the seventh inning and we're down. How are we going to get past this bullpen? I hope it's suffering. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's oh suffering. <laughs> it's not Mets. I hope you hope you enjoy it. The but Mets have Michael secretly.
4: Conforto. Go bees. So I'm with them. Felt right, uh, Phel- that you're the guest. Did you want to do the read no, the game? go. Okay. No, I don't know how anything works. Fendrick Lamar, where are we at in the standings?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so in the standings. Uh, one second here. I didn't have it pulled up.
3: You He's, gained a game on uh, me. I gained a game. He's so one I think i a game, game. Right. One game up. Yeah, I, picked, yes. he picked the Giants. I picked Eli Manning in the two time Super Bowl when you were correct. And that was and the only picked, game uh, you guys disagreed on. What honestly. was he saying? Matt Castle? He gave himself a speech to start the still podcast up, about. Still up. <laughs> oh, they feel like it's
4: going to be the 11 and 5 Matt Castle from the New England Patriots. Yeah, the only game you guys really disagreed, disagreed on was Giants Campbell,
0: who played two snaps. Two snaps.
4: I don't, I don't understand that either. Hype machine. All right, game number one, Sims, because you got the win last week Minnesota at my Bears. Oh, man. This is a tough one. Chicago off a bye, Minnesota off a pretty convincing win over Detroit. Yeah, I'm going to go
0: with the Chicago Bears. Thank you, Sim. Yep. And I'm going to take that opportunity and go for Minnesota.
4: I think that is a steal right there. <laughs> Tell you want to hop in with a Vikings, sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say this, though.
0: I will say this, though. Let's... Stephon Diggs, We're I, After watching this game, if you look at the box score later... I guarantee you that Jay Cutler is going to outplay Teddy Bridgewater.
3: Yeah, it could be. He's been playing really good. People got to give him a little respect. Who, so Jay? Yeah, oh, Jay. He's balling. Yeah.
4: Against Ziggy Hood, Ziggy Hood now, so watch out. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati <laughs> at Pittsburgh left.
0: And we should have Ben Roethlisberger
2: back. Ben Cincinnati is starting. Apple-by. Ben is starting. Right. He's that's official. Okay. I think.
3: Man,
4: that's a, this is
3: this is the toughest game to pick of the weekend. I'm yeah. going
0: Cincinnati,
2: Pittsburgh. My dad
0: likes
3: them. I'm going to go with the Steelers as well. I think the Steelers are a little desperate. I think they match up pretty well with Cincinnati. Do they? In what way? Well, I do. Like we talked about a little with their defense, having to defend that offense. Uh, I think Pittsburgh, with Big oh, Ben, yeah. it's one of the hardest offenses to defend in football. I think their defense it's not great. Uh, but uh, they don't. I don't think they're going to love a ton of big plays. That's the one thing I've been encouraged with Pittsburgh's defense.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what Big Ben we're getting. If yeah, we're getting Big right. Ben, then I could see. But Steve. The, I think they're somewhat
3: desperate. So that's All right, why
0: I'm So gonna. We're
4: just in two games. Yeah. Right, right, right off it. the oh, bat. Oh man. Uh,
3: I, can, I went with the Bears. I, I can't believe I did it either. But I did.
4: yes. I know. I can't. I'm honestly. a Bears fan. I can't that. believe. <laughs> game number three: New York Jets at the team that lied to you, Sims, and said they were going to draft you. Oh dare the they lied
0: to me. <laughs> do you actually think this is an amazing matchup? I think this is
4: actually the game of the weekend. Yeah. I am, I am pumped yeah. for this game.
3: Yeah, if you want to just see amount of big people who like to kill each other on a football field, yeah. I mean, these two teams are at that's the top. Literally of the class. one of the because top reasons. Why your
2: I big reason. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: to, to get this through to people <laughs> right. is Raiders offensive line likes big people, doesn't like quick people. Right. Jets have a lot of big people. Right, yeah. and then the Jets offensive line is likes to move people, right. but the Raiders have just insane depth up yeah. front yes, with a lot of big, big people. people. Yeah, so
3: yeah. I think it's going to be really exciting. I am going to pick the Oakland Raiders
0: and I will take the New York Jets. I am just seizing opportunities right now <laughs> to widen the gap. This is fa- I I get it, but I we are about to find out how Amari Cooper does on Rivas Island—that sure. is going to be so exciting to Definitely see that matchup. Yes. But I—I I don't know if they have the second and third weapons to get past it. That's where I'm going with the Jets, yeah. and I think just—I think the Raiders faced a San Diego Chargers team who had 91 snaps against the Green Bay Packers. Sure, they—I—I I hate taking teams that dominate the first half and lose the second half. Right. That's the Kansas City Chiefs to me on that Week One game against the Texans. Sure. I think the Raiders kind of lost that lead, and that's going to blend into the Jets, who are. Hopefully, Chris Ivory's healthy. We'll see. That's going to yeah. be a big three big disagreements. <laughs> I'm going to make so much ground. Seattle, Dallas, Lefko. Seattle. Where is it? At Dallas. And it's Matt Castle. I'm going Seattle. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be the quickest one. I just, I just, I'm not trusting that again. Yeah, it's it's hard to trust it. I don't I'm going think Seattle's going to blow them out, because I don't think they could blow out anybody. No, they can't. But I, I just think if it's going to come down to defense, special teams, and yes. overall desperation, right. yeah. I'm they're, going they're, with the real team up northwest. Agreed.
4: I'm going to Seattle. Okay, last but not least, no Eagles game for the first time on the podcast. Uh, Green Bay at Denverson. Man.
3: Green Bay. Man, I, you know, you want to say Green Bay, but the, Green Bay's offense has not been very Devontae good. Devontae Adams yeah. expected uh, to play. Yeah, I know. It doesn't change it. I, the Denver no. defense is the best defense in football, in my opinion. And they have the best nickel coverage package. Yeah. So they can and cover man-to-man all the, over the yeah. yeah. they, they, uh, <laughs> they can cover them. It's a scary.
0: They have Vaughn Miller, DeMarc They get up for the corner. Yeah, they,
3: they might not have Ware, but they'll have Shaquille Barrett or Shane Ray. Yeah. Or they won't have Shane Ray either, actually, because he hurt his ankle. But you'll have Barrett Barrett. Too. You'll yeah. have Barrett, who's very good. uh I, I'm gonna go with the Green Bay Packers in the ugly game, like I'm a
0: 17-14 kind wow. game. Wow! So, <laughs> I am just you know. taking home teams right so, now. I, I think That's when I look at that game, Green Bay. <laughs> I took
4: all five away One, teams too. Yeah, three. No, I took four OATs four at Denver. Home. <laughs> there goes that narrative. Oh, good. <laughs> you know, there's moving day in golf Saturday in the tournament. Game, this so, is wait, did we week. disagree on all five? No, four, four. 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 We right. both agreed on Seattle. Seattle. It's either right. a five-game lead for Lefko or you're down three. Down that's three. the extremes. That's potentially this right. week. Wow. You got a little on the edge. Wow. How
0: nervous are you right now? Are you seem nervous? Not that nervous. You're rubbing your knees. I feel like okay. So if you were telling me Green Bay at Denver at home, look at that deep. Oh man, it is here.
3: <laughs> it's Aaron right. Rodgers, Green Bay with that secondary. I, I would think they're going to be able to commit a lot of people to an off, a run game that's really not that great anyways in Denver. Uh, yeah, I just think Aaron Rodgers will make a play or two to win the game. I think it it's, to be it's the best
0: quarterback in the NFL against the best defense in the NFL. People that's don't be great.
3: understand how awesome Aaron Rodgers is. If you switched Aaron Rodgers and put mentioned. him on New England and you put Tom Brady on the Green Bay Packers, that Green Bay Packers offense would be in trouble with Tom Brady a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers oh. is making magic happen with a really an average scheme and without Jordy Nelson, without a number one wide receiver, and an unhealthy Eddie Lacy, really.
0: I just bet on Peyton Manning and Gary Kubiak.
2: Booyah, booyah, booyah. All right, well, I, I don't know about the other ones.
3: We'll see. All, <laughs> All right, Felder, give me a lot
2: of good sign games. out. What do I sign up Just out say of? goodbye. Just oh. sign the signing. Bye, it. everyone. Do you want me to go sign <laughs> Nelson, him. Shoots, Shoots, brother.
0: Shoots, brother. Sims, give it to him. Peace out, homies. Fendrick, gosh, is his face still red? Let's check Fendrick cam. Bye,
1: everyone. No, I'm doing okay now. I've calmed down. All right, good. Gotcha. <laughs> I love it. Gabe, give me the old wave, bro. Oh, that dirty oh. left hand. The control
0: room, I hear him laughing back there, so I know they're having somewhat oh, of a good the, time. Oh, oh, look at, oh that.
2: My look gosh. You, look at Nelson's <laughs> back, oh,
0: oh, my
3: in the back.
0: We have a special guest. One more time in the control room. Hey, Corey. Wave, yeah. You've been hearing about her for, for more than a year now. Yep. Yeah, Unbelievable. Good to get her on the, the podcast. The ultimate Stephen Nelson stress reliever. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how they're going, well, that It's confirmed. (laughs) All right. That is, we are getting ready for week eight, halfway through. I can already guarantee you next week we're going to be doing halftime. We're going to do awards, MVP, and all that stuff. But really good games out there. Jets, Raiders, Broncos, Packers, Bengals, Steelers. We're going to learn a lot about the playoff race. As always, Sims and Lefko. enjoy yourself. Oh, man.